and greetings, and welcome to another edition of the And You Shall Know That I Am Yahweh, an Ezekiel podcast. My name's Ethan. Very glad that you've joined us as we continue to explore what God has made known through the prophet Ezekiel. We pick up in Ezekiel chapter 26 and verse 15. Thus says the Lord Yahweh to Tyre, Will not the coastland shake at the sound of your fall, when the wounded groan, when slaughter is made in your midst? Then all the princes of the sea will step down from their thrones and remove their robes and strip off their embroidered garments. They will clothe themselves with trembling. They will sit on the ground and tremble every moment and be appalled at you. And they will raise a lamentation over you and say to you, How you have perished, you who were inhabited from the seas. O city renowned, who was mighty on the sea, she and her inhabitants imposed their terror on all her inhabitants. Now the coastlands tremble on the day of your fall, and the coastlands that are on the sea are dismayed at your passing. For thus says the Lord Yahweh, When I make you a city laid waste, like the cities that are not inhabited, when I bring up the deep over you, and the great waters cover you, then I will make you go down with those who go down to the pit, to the people of old, and I will make you to dwell in the world below, among ruins from of old, with those who go down to the pit, so that you will not be inhabited. But I will set your beauty in the land of the living. I will bring you to a dreadful end, and you shall be no more. Though you be sought for, you will never be found again, declares the Lord Yahweh. As we have been discussing, Ezekiel is in the midst of these uh, messages against the nations. The timestamp we have at the beginning of chapter 26 tells us it's the 11th year, so it's in the 587. 586 region, just about the time of the end of the siege and the end of Jerusalem. And this is the time where Ezekiel is conditioned to what they have done to Israel. And most of the messages that we have seen so far have been these very short, pithy things and mentioning the judgment coming upon nations, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Edomites, the Philistines. And the beginning of chapter 26, verses 1 through 14, is the similar message against Tyre. Uh, Tyre and Sidon are the main cities of who we call the Phoenicians, a Canaanite people who live on the Mediterranean Sea, uh, right next to the, the Lebanon, Mount Lebanon Mountains. So there's uh, no re- lot, a lot of land in that area that they can actually farm. So they're really always been trading communities. These are seafarers who have made their living as merchants. And they have lived very well as merchants. And they have become the hub of economic activity Uh, and perhaps even economic exploitation throughout the ancient Mediterranean world. And we have said that there was generally a decent relationship between the Phoenicians and the Israelites. Um, In fact, uh, it is the Phoenicians who helped provide the craftsmen and the cedar uh, in order to build the temple. And we have reason to believe that the temple that Solomon had built in Jerusalem uh, would look very much like the similar temples to gods that we can find in uh, various other parts of the ancient Near Eastern world. Um, they're used as models to one for our understanding uh, because they were using similar craftsmen. And the relationship, because the Israelites did not really have much desire to go seafaring, and so they would trade their food to the Phoenicians, who needed it since they didn't have a ready source of food. And from the Phoenicians, they would get the benefits of all of these uh, items that they would not be able to find in Judah or in Israel. But now Tyre has kind of vaunted itself against Jerusalem and thinks that there is a benefit to them coming uh, because Jerusalem has fallen. And so we have seen this denunciation uh, that has gone on. 
And we have talked about the challenge of the denunciation to Nebuchadnezzar. It happened in the days of Alexander. In fact, in the days of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, the Phoenicians were benefited by the fact that, as we said, the Philistines, we talked about chapter 25, verses 15 through 17, were exiled by the Babylonians, and it was the Phoenicians who kind of settled the entire coastal area uh, filled in there, uh, since there were you no know, Israelites and Judites uh, to mention uh, to, to kind of take over that land. Fifteen, we see that the message against Tyre is not going to be like the messages that we've seen against these other people, because he goes on beyond just saying this is the condemnation that's coming, and we have uh, kind of an extended lament. Uh, lament is when you mourn the death of somebody, but these laments are also kind of a kind of a sarcastic biting. Uh, judgment and indictment, almost like um, that you're kind of vaunting over uh, the, the downfall of your enemy. And that's kind of what's going on here. And so he kind of goes into greater detail. Uh, the coastlands, uh, and that they will shake and uh, when they will have this very, uh, this, this very difficult moment when they hear of the fall of Tyre and that they would in fact, be appalled at them, that they would have this deep mourning and lamentation. They had been inhabited by the seas and how they had perished, and that the city who has renowned and imposed terror on her inhabitants, uh, that the coastlands now tremble and are dismayed because the fate of Tyre would be the fate of all of them. And there's this kind of much more emphasizing, I will lay you waste... I will bring the deep over you, cover you with waters, and you will go down to the pit, to the people of old. I'll make you dwell below in these ruins of old. That uh, They're going down to the underworld. That the, the, the glory that they have enjoyed does not last. Uh, much more will be made about this over the lament of the king of Tyre the, in the end of 28. And um, the, the humiliation... Uh, of this, and also especially in chapter 32 when it comes to Egypt, uh, going down into Sheol and comforted in, in Sheol because everybody's there. And what's going on here? What's going on here is that if we were just to try to look at it in terms of what does God have against Tyre, why is Tyre being singled out for this? Uh, maybe there is an arrogance in Tyre. Maybe there is a confidence in Tyre that because they pro provide such a service and being the merchant hub, that that's going to somehow preserve them. Um, might certainly be cause for this message of humiliation. But even if we don't look at it as Tyre itself, but what Tyre represents, we can kind of see what's going on here. Because again, Tyre is the city of merchants. It is a city of trade. It's the city of the economy and the economic benefits of moving different objects and items. And in fact, we're going to see this in, in much greater detail in verse chapter 27, where he goes through and gives us a very important picture, by the way, of trying to understand uh, how the uh, early 6th century uh, world worked in terms of the various uh, things being traded all around and how the merchants in Tyre were being enriched by this, and the city was enriched by this. A very important message that even places that seem eternal, places that seem like they go on and on and on and on and on, they, there's no guarantee they're going to remain. And Ezekiel is forecasting the, the great economic disruption. 
and there will be great economic disruption. And yes, you're starting to hear that sound that makes you think, wait a second, what about the lamentations over Babylon in, in Revelation uh, 17 and 18? Yes, yes indeed, they are absolutely modeled on these laments over Tyre. And we'll have opportunity to speak more about them in a moment. We'll begin. The word of Yahweh came to me. Now you, son of man, raise a lamentation over Tyre, and say to Tyre, who dwells at the entrance to the sea, merchant of the peoples to many coastlands, thus says Lord Yahweh, O Tyre, you have said, I am perfect in beauty. Your borders are in the heart of the seas. Your builders make perfect your beauty. They made all your planks from fir trees of Sinir. They took cedar from Lebanon to make a mast for you. Of oaks of Bashan they made your oats, yours. Uh, they made your deck of pines from the coasts of Cyprus, inlaid with ivory. Of fine embroidered linen from Egypt was your sail, serving as your banner. Blue and purple from the coast of Elisha was your awning. The inhabitants of Sidon and Arvad were your rowers. Your skilled men, O Tyre, were in you. They were your pilots. The elders of Gebal and all her skilled men were in you, caulking your seams. All the ships of the sea with their mariners were in you to barter for your wares. Persia and Lud and Put were in your army as your men of war. They hung the shield and helmet in you. They gave you splendor. Men of Arvad and Helek were on your walls all around, and men of Garmad were in your towers. They hung their shields on your walls all around. They made perfect your beauty. Tarshish did business with you because of your great wealth of every kind. Silver, iron, tin, and lead they exchanged for your wares. Javan, Tubal, and Meshech traded with you. They exchanged human beings and vessels of bronze for your merchandise. From Beth Torgama they exchanged horses, war horses, and mules for your wares. The men of Dedan traded with you. Many coastlands were your own special markets. They brought you in payment ivory tusks and ebony. Syria did business with you because of your abundant goods. They exchanged for your wares emeralds, purple, embroidered work, fine linens, coral, and ruby. Judah and the land of Israel traded with you. They exchanged for your merchandise wheat of Minnith, meal, honey, oil, and balm. Damascus did business with you. For all your abundant goods, because of your great wealth of every kind, wine of Helbon and wool of Shahar, and casks of wine from Azal they exchanged for your wares. Wrought iron, cassia, and calamus were bartered for your merchandise. Dedan traded with you in saddlecloths for riding. Arabia and all princes of Kedar were your favored dealers in lambs, rams, and goats. In these they did business with you. The traders of Sheba and Rama traded with you. They exchanged for your wares the best of all kinds of spices and all precious stones and gold. Haran, Kana, Eden, traders of Sheba, Ashur, and Shilmad traded with you. In your market these traded with you in choice garments and clothes of blue and embroidered work and in carpets of colored material bound with cords and made secure. The ships of Tarshish traveled for you with all your merchandise. So you were filled and heavily laden in the heart of the seas. So we see here a lament over Tyre. And this lament of Tyre is envisioned in terms of Tyre as a boat. We are to imagine Tyre as one of the great... Uh, overseas uh, ships that would uh, ply the waters of the Mediterranean and the Red Sea uh, and which would exchange all of these goods across uh, the ancient Near Eastern world and the Mediterranean world of that time. 
And so we we spoken of elaborately. The tire uh, had these be- great woods. The oaks of Bashan are famous throughout Scripture for their strength. Um, they have the cedar of Lebanon that was used for the mast. Uh, the fir trees uh, of Sinergan. All of these are very uh, the, the best possible wood, the best possible boat that could be made uh, is being made here. And uh, very, very beautiful, uh, ornate, ivory inlaid. I mean, it's not not just uh, for use; it's also uh, aesthetically pleasing. And you have linen from Egypt that that makes the sail so that it will 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 move. The rowers are the inhabitants of Sidon and Arvad. Um, Sidon, uh, Sidon, another city, Arvad, uh, another one of the cities of the uh, of the more of the northern Levant area near uh, modern day Turkey. Um, or sorry, Arvad is another Phoenician coastal city. Other Turkish nation cities will be mentioned here in a minute. You have um, the wise men as the caulkers. I mean, the problem with boats is that they can leak, and so you have to have people who will fix the boat. Uh, another city in that area. Uh, Persia were in their army, so they had people from Persia. Persia itself uh, is a very small nation at this time. They will only overthrow their uh, Median overlords. Uh, in the days of um, Cyrus, but uh, Lud and Put are people in there um, from the Beth Torgarma, for instance, that we talk about here in a minute, and the House of Torgarma in the Horror War Horses and Mules, that is in the area of modern day uh, Turkey. Uh, Lud and Put uh, with maybe Libya, parts of Africa, but also maybe in these northern areas. The idea of the army coming from there is a little strange. It makes much more sense for the army to be further uh, north in that area of modern-day Turkey and, and Asia Minor. Um, they, since they're a small land, of course, their army was based on mercenaries. And so they would hire people to be an army because they had the money to do it because they had been made rich with all of this, uh, all of this trading. Um, Tarshish had all of these riches, uh, silver, iron, tin, and lead. Tarshish is believed to be modern-day Spain. And you had clients in Javan, Tubal, Meshek. These are, again, places in Asia Minor and also Greece. And they exchange slaves and bronze for what they have, uh, which is all these merchant, all these different wares. And remember, they're bringing in and trading different things with different people. Um, the Didonites are again the kind of a just like with you have other people who are out in the uh, periphery of the world. Sons of Didon um, might well be in Arabia. Uh, it says in the English Standard that Syria was their trading partner, which is kind of strange. More of Edom is more likely that the terms are, are kind of easily confused, and they exchanged the uh, precious jewels they could get and their trading goods. Uh, for what they had uh, as well. You know, we see um, what we've been talking about with uh, Judah and the providing the food that, that, that they were needed for the merchandise that they are able to enjoy. Um, Damascus has uh, you know, all place names and peoples throughout the um, primarily the ancient Near Eastern world. Uh, when we get into Arabia and the Qadar, Shiba, Rama, uh, they're all trading as well, and these, of course, are more in the Arabian Peninsula uh, today. Um, we have Assur, the Assyrians, um, Kilmid, where their clients Haran. All these are are areas of um, eastern Turkey, northern Iraq today, 
And what, what they're all doing is they're they're trading. They're they're all of these different goods are being brought. Um, horses, lambs, rams, goats, precious jewels, incense, um, food, oil. Uh, you get ivory, tusks, and ebony um, from from those who are able to trade from those in Africa. Um, horses, mules, slaves, bronze. So again, this is the picture that we have of the uh, trading network of the ancient Near Eastern world, and it's very robust, as we can see here. We have plenty of trade going on. We have plenty of um, materials being moved to and fro, and that's what's uh, kind of helping everybody. Uh, this whole network was also there in the Bronze Age, maybe not to this extent, um, but it collapsed in around uh, 1150, and. Uh, we're seeing that now as the Iron Age has gone in full swing that is it is definitely back in business and it is carrying on and it is allowing for the movement of goods and services and everybody is able to be enriched by this everybody is benefiting from it economically and gets all these different things but of course those benefits aren't always equally distributed and you see there with the movement of slaves and movement of things of that nature that not all of this is what we would consider uh, to be pleasant and so we're given this, it's really a long insert, uh, verses uh, at least 12 through 25, if not 10 through 25, uh, are kind of inserted here into this lament that uh, continues on in verse uh, and carrying on. Um, so we have it kind of continuing on, and we will look at it in our next edition of our podcast. But we really want to focus on this is really the reason for the lament and why we're so much time is being spent on Tyre. And it's also going to be something that we're going to see in Revelation, where um, after looking at the Roman Empire in terms of the, the, the beast and the false prophet, uh, we see Babylon the whore. And Rome looked at as Babylon the whore. And there's a lament over Babylon because it has been the economic heartbeat and it has led to all of these trading networks that are going to be lost. And all the merchants who are going to lose out because of those uh, those, those markets are being lost. And that's uh, going to be the lament that's going to happen uh, here with Tyre as well. That uh, an entire economic system is going to be lost in all of this. And so this economic system works for those for whom it benefits. And you notice that there, uh, the imposing of terror in chapter 26 and verse 17. Um there's two kinds of empires that we can recognize. There's kind of the empire of kind of force and colonization that you can see with what the Romans would do, for instance. But then you have the economic empire. And that's what the Phoenicians were about, the economic empire. And the economic empire is basically creating trading hubs in various places. And they're not really interested in, 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 in conquering territory to administer it and to be responsible for it militarily, etc. What they're interested in is the trading contacts, the ability to trade, the ability to buy the goods of that land and to trade with them the goods of other lands in order to make a profit. Uh, this is the way the French would treat their American uh, lands for, for many years. And, if, and of course, this is how the United States to this day kind of maintains its uh, influence in a lot of parts of the world. And we normally don't look at the economic empire as imposing terror because, you know, they're not conquering land. And yet, in the systems of exploitation that can develop, the creating of goods to sell, uh, the, uh, 
you can create whole systems that cause great disruption. Uh, and so there's a, a great economic cost here that God acutely sees and that God is in chastising. What's interesting is that you don't necessarily see a, a, necessarily a condemnation of the fact that this market exists. Uh, the market exists, people are trading goods, uh, and it can be a benefit. As we said, all of these nations are benefited by it. Israel and Judah were greatly benefited by the stuff they were able to buy from the Phoenicians with their food. So it's not like there's not a benefit involved, but that benefit is unevenly distributed. The wealthy enjoy their fineries. The poor people may get a little bit, but they aren't really a part of this at all. And in this great devastation that's going to happen, when you cut off the, the engine of the economic transfer, it's going to cause disruption. And uh, we're going to see that with uh, Tyre, and it's also true of Rome, and it's a, a significant critique for us to consider as well. All right, well, we will continue with this particular lament. Unfortunately, we have to stop right in the middle of it because of its length, uh, and we will pick it up again next time. And may the Lord bless and keep you until we're able to meet then.